Hello and welcome to Superwoo Radio, episode number 53. It's a beautiful set of numbers and I have a beautiful and uh, someone I respect very greatly. Uh, I've got to know over the years, uh, Catherine Austin Fitz, you don't need that much of an introduction to be honest, except one from the heart um, and the soul and the spirit and say, Catherine, welcome to Superwoo Radio. What a delight and I'm um, jubilant to have you on. Thank you. For coming I on. confess I just did it so I could get to talk to you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sweet. Thank you very much. Now we, oh, we had a, a we had a friend in common and that was uh Jason, Jason Borden, uh previously known as Jason Borden Smith. And uh you got to know Jason quite well. Yeah, we share we we shared a round table with Jason, I would say that. Yeah. And um Jason just passed. And we had a wonderful celebration. Everybody can find it at jason.solari.com. You did a lot of hard work to bring together all the information in his legacy. And I really, I so appreciate it, George. And, you know, a lot of us, I would have been on a plane to Australia if I could have gotten in. And you really carried the weight and the water for many of us. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate everything you did for Jason. Yeah. Thank you so much, Catherine. I really, I really feel those words. Yeah, it was it was an honour to be by his side in his last uh, weeks and his last days. Um, it really was. Uh, he's a man. Well, he had a, he had such a good death, and it's thanks to you and so many of his soul family who were there. Yeah, we had a really beautiful community rallying around him, and uh, yeah, it was it was incredible to bear witness to and um, the strength and the character of the man and how he was doing his best to keep our spirits up even though he was in so much pain and in the process of passing over it was just i've never seen anything like it and it's left an indelible mark on my psyche on my spirit and my soul and yeah i'll never ever forget that uh, dear friend of mine yeah so i find one of the most wonderful things for a community is when they can be free to talk about death and experience death celebrate death and organize good deaths you know we all are going to die and so if it can be part of our life it's uh you know in so many societies it's now been sort of taboo and put off to the side and uh you know it's one of the reasons i love the idea that jason uh died at home with all you know surrounded by all of you in this beautiful home overlooking the you know the coastline yeah it was very beautiful yeah yeah it really was yeah, and the ceremony we held around him on on his last day it was like that was the ceremony he was waiting for, and he he departed um, hours after we finished that yeah. ceremony, and we didn't know he was going to go then. We thought he still had days. Um, care staff still thought he had days. Um, you know, it was before the the the, the allotted time, but that ceremony yeah. was the 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 one that he was able to let go now because we all acknowledged him there was a few of us in the room with him and then we had people online and uh and he was able to listen to everybody's words and people Uh were singing songs playing musical instruments and uh it was just a lovely lovely uh you know like parting ceremony and yeah it wasn't long after it was literally hours after that that he just decided to leave um, because it was like we gave him permission he could let go and he knew he was loved and we we're all going to be okay yeah <laughs> just lovely yeah and so he's left a great legacy and uh and i 
I've learned so much from him. And through Jason, I got to meet you. And, you know, we spent we, we spent a bit of time together. We That one day uh-huh. at what, his Wild Beach home, we spent all day together. And then the uh, uh-huh. second time was when we had lunch at that incredible um, seafood. Uh, <laughs> that was in 2018. That was great. That was really, yeah. really good. Um, and Catherine, and ever since then, meeting you in person and um, the integrity that I've experienced with you has, has left an indelible mark on me. And uh, I, I find, I draw great inspiration. And uh, I, I look and I watch and I observe and I learn a lot about how, you know, to go conduct myself and, and, uh, and, and the way you view life. And your value system. I know. I know. I'm so thinking like, of your words that you just used, Velvet Hammer. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Right. And and it really is because um, you know it's it's also um, the experience that you've had in life. Uh, you've walked an incredible path, and you know, learning what you've been through. Because I've I've had walked a very challenging path myself, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so did Jason, you know, and it's like we've been through the school of hard knocks. And it, and when you walk a path like that um, and you draw, you begin to draw the wisdom from the path that you've walked, um, that really molds a person and um, creates something very powerful and very strong where we stand in our, you know, it's like we become, we, we transition from the outer warrior to the inner warrior, to the wise warrior, to the peaceful warrior. It's this transition that we go through. Right. And we're really able to stand true in our values. Uh, and that's what's really needed in the world at the moment. And so there's yeah. a few topics that you and I are going to talk about and, um, and, and jam with tonight. And I'm really excited about it because we, we're quite passionate. And uh, it's interesting to have a little yarn before we came on onto the recording side of it. And our value systems just line up constantly. It's uh, it's really mm-hmm. beautiful. So um, the one subject that um, I'm really interested in speaking to you about, sh- shall we just go in the deep end straight away? Just, just dive in the deep end. Let's dive in the deep end is adult fairy tales. Um, and I'm going to put my hand up and say, okay, in the early days, you know, in 2004, and I, the video's are out there for people to see. I was an ambassador for the Galactic Federation of Light. And so I got lost in an adult fairy tale quite early on in, mm-hmm. in the game, in, in my life journey. And it took me several years to uh, deprogram myself and extricate myself out of that mind entrainment. Hey, George, do you think they used entrainment technology and subliminal programming or other technology like that to trick you? They did, and it was more sophisticated than the normal entrainment right. that would be used by, let's say, a secret society or a um, a three-letter agency or, you know, the deep state. It was way more sophisticated than that because it operated in layers of consciousness and they right. used, you know, different light frequencies and they track some right. of it. I'm talking about extraterrestrials now who programmed right. me, right? Um, and, and we're talking about uh, um, empire. It's an imperial um, arm. It's an arm of, of empire, a galactic arm of empire. They call themselves the Federation of Free Worlds. The Galactic Federation of Light is like the spiritual arm of the um, Federation of Free Worlds. And the Federation of Free Worlds is the equivalent to the United Nations on Earth. And what they do is they've assimilated lots of different planetary systems and star systems into their infrastructure and and they base basically are the headquarters where you know they it's it's like operational headquarters and they implement the policies 
um, which come from other dimensions of time and space into the galactic realm and in, into a particular frequency in the galactic realm and and issue those instructions out um, uh, through, you know, very advanced so technology. You're now, you're now talking about a whole area of super woo that I have no understanding of. <laughs> um, well, just to bring an analogy to it, it's like as above, yeah. so below, and as below, right. so above. And if you look at it, how it, it's structured here on, on our reality, it's kind of similar, even though it's different, it's kind of similar on a galactic level as well. And it, it really, um, once you've had the experience with it, and we're seeing that imposition into our world. We've been seeing it for a while, and now it's coming on really strong. So that adult fairy tale thing for me was very strong in the early days. I'm just laying right. the foundation with that, my experience with that, why I'm really interested in talking to you about this issue in our world today because mm -hmm. they get recycled, these stories, these adult fairy tales have been cycled over and over again. And with your wealth of experience in the financial world and in other matters of, of politics, etc., um, you, your your wisdom is greatly needed at this time. So most of the ones I run into, you know, I run into some of the political ones, but the ones I really run into are the financial ones. The financial ones. And yeah. and um, and I think you know, literally, there's a financial, you know, it's a form of financial fraud, but there is an enormous financial fraud machinery on this on this planet of many different kinds. Yeah. And the adult fairy tale is just one genre. Mm. But um, there are genre I've gotten interested in when I was an investment advisor. One of the things I dealt with a lot of financial fraud of the more traditional kind, the kind the intelligence agencies do when I was in government and then litigating with the government. Mm. But then what I ran into was the adult fairy tale when I became an investment advisor. And it started for me with the dinar scam. And one of the things I realized, I had a client and then who became a former client when I said, look, I can't, if I can't break you of this, I can't help you. And, um, and this was a very well-educated, very sophisticated person. It was a couple. They absolutely believed that their dinar position was going to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars and it would solve all their problems. And it's very much like the fantasies you see people have with crypto. You know, my crypto will come in, I'll make millions of dollars, it will solve all my problems. And they, I, I don't know, it must be in the, in the entrainment of the programming because they really believe that, that that money would solve all their problems, which it won't, but they don't realize that. Mm. Anyway, you know, and it's usually people who have never dealt with, how, you know, handling a lot of money. Anyway, so, 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 so over a seven-year period, um, this couple came back and said, can we do a consultation? And they were still saying and believing the same things they had said seven years before about their dinar. You know, it would just come in next week or next day or next month or whatever. And I made them sit down and count up, George, how many hours they had spent managing their dinar position and managing all of the legal trusts that they would need when their dinar position came in. Yeah. And what I was able to prove to them was that each one, the, the wife, had spent 7,000 hours on this issue. Now, if she'd worked ten, for $10 an hour babysitting, that would have been pre-tax $70,000. Yeah. Okay. Um, but more important, if she had spent that 7,000 hours helping raise and teach her grandchildren, 
imagine what she could have accomplished. And I said to them, look, they're not just stealing your money. They're stealing your life. Your time. You, you are you are being defrauded of your life. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking. But they believed living with the fantasy of the seven, you know, of the dinar position coming in made life bearable for them. Mm-hmm. It it and and it was frightening to see because if they would go out and do the hard work of you know raising and investing in their grandchildren or going out and making seventy thousand dollars the hard way, they would have been so much further ahead. Hmm. Yeah. But there it is. So yeah. so I've run into many of these over the years, and it's always shocking to me how well educated people will fall for. Uh, the most amazing thing. Some of it is the entrainment technology and subliminal programming, I'm convinced. Hmm. So I think the mind control technology is very, very sophisticated. Well, that's been proven. I mean, on a very low level, blatant level case, you look at how poker machines entrain people, yeah? Right. And they're walking in there believing that that day or that moment that they're playing it is going to bring the cash prize that they've been waiting for. If you go to Solari and you do a search for mind control, you'll get a commentary where I put, I don't know, about 40 or 50 links um, that are the best links or books or videos I've found on the topic of mind control. Mm. And in it is a link to a book review I wrote about the best book I've found on machine gambling. Yeah. And it was a professor from MID who wrote a huge, uh, you know, she did years of serious research into how they program slot machines to basically get people addicted Mm. and it's a very in-depth study and it's astonishing and you cannot believe that this is legal it's it's frightening yeah Yeah. and um but it's amazing to read about the technology and how it evolved over many 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 years and Mm. how much more money you can make from a slot machine player if they're addicted than if they're not addicted so the way it worked for me and i think the way it's working for other people is I know that I came to this world to be a part of something really big and something really substantial. Yeah. Right. In in right. in the way of um, being a part of the um, coming onto the, into this world, incarnating at a critical time of a leap in evolution, a really big shift in evolution for this world, this reality, and for humanity. And that is in in my in my subconscious, in my spirit, in my psyche. You know, in Greek, the word psyche is psyche, which is spirit anyway. It's like it, it melds into the consciousness from spirit and it comes, in, you know, into the back in, in, and it comes into the mind. It's in the background of the mind. And so um, our wounds are linked to it and our fears and insecurities are linked to it as well. So are our strengths, right? So I feel that these adult fairy tales are playing into that. We're here to do something. We're frustrated we don't have the resources this is going to provide the financial resources for us to implement our life purpose, our what I call fundamental purpose or life mission. And I feel that this is where these adult fairy tales are plugging in to the psyche because that's how it worked for me. So so let me say it this way. So when I look at you, and this is the way I've always thought of you, there's an old story about the, about the ocean frog and the pond front. Hmm. The ocean frog... Uh, you know, hops into inland and to see what's inside the sort of inland land and comes upon a pond and meets a pond frog. 
and tries to explain the ocean to the pond frog, and the pond frog just can't fathom it. And so the ocean frog takes the pond frog back to the ocean to see the ocean and turns around and the pond frog has exploded because it's so overwhelming. <laughs> so I basically have always viewed you as an ocean frog and you're very interested in both the ocean and the pond. And the pond, exactly. And you're, you're very interested in both. And so you can go, we can go you know, down to the subatomic level and we can go up to the galactic level and back again. Yeah. And you're very comfortable, but you keep trying to tell the pond frogs, wait, come on, we we can think bigger than this. <laughs> we can't think bigger. And there's an advantage to thinking bigger. So, you know, that's part of what we're struggling with. And where you see adult fairy tales come in is you have, uh, you know, you have a group of people who are trying to control the ocean. Mm. And they don't want the pond frog waking up. But they know the pond frogs, you know, some of the pond frogs want to see a bigger picture. So if they can give them a bigger picture that takes them away from the real power lines of controlling or determining what goes on in the ocean, mm -hmm. they can keep them on the tread. You know, there's an adult fairy tale treadmill. It's like a treadmill. And if they can keep them running around on the treadmill, mm -hmm. they can keep them preoccupied and away from messing with their efforts to control the ocean. Yeah. And, and it works. It's, you know, and it's phenomenal because one of the things you'll find, I was just having, I told you, I just had a tense conversation with a wonderful colleague yesterday who's now, you know, she's on the treadmill. She's, she's on the new, one of the new, you know, uh, what did we call it? New world order, utopian financial frauds mm. and, um, or fa fairy tale. And one of the things I realized is she wants something that's simple. You know, the adult fairy tales give you a simple explanation, but then they promise you this, you know, a lot of them promise you this big payday, and then all your problems will be solved. It's like the nirvana, all your problems will be solved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's what was fed to me over the years, and I fell for it in the early days. And you know, um, keeping keeping that balanced approach, understanding now that the programs, there's just so many coming through. And we saw the big hope porn um, being played out time and time again through the recent uh, United States election as well. And so there's, you know, programs running in that space too. Dare I mention that? Um, Can I tell you that my favorite QAnon story? This is great. Because um, QAnon starts, and and I don't pay in any mind. It's like here we go again. But I figured the people doing it, some somebody in that milieu had access to nuggets. You know what I mean? And that's the best. Uh, you know, the best adult fairy tales are ones that have these little truffles that hook you in. Yeah. So and and it's funny because there's a lot of disinformation that as a as a as a publisher, I will go through to pull out the truffles. Mm -hmm. You know. I, I tend not to publish them because, you know, you need a lot of knowledge to navigate and find the real truffles. It's easy to get tricked anyway. So it first came along and I was talking with Joseph Farrell and he said, have you, have you watched this? I said, oh, just ignore it. It's hope porn. And, you know, because there are certain adult fairy tales. A lot of the adult fairy tales are hope porn. I'm hope porn, and, yeah. Yeah, hope porn. So I just said, it's hope mm. porn. Well, then Farrell started doing all these interviews and he kept saying, Fitz says it's hope porn. So I just got wave after wave after wave attacked by the QAnon people. Wow. And my attitude was, hey, it's hope porn. It's hope porn. You're going to lose your life. You're going to spend hundreds of hours. You're going to lose your life. 
you're going to get totally tricked, you know, and, and it, this went on for four years of people screaming at me. And I just held the line. I said, this is, this is BS. It's hope porn, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Anyway. So then January 6th comes along and an effort is made to sort of accuse everybody of being a, an insurrectionist. So somebody gets on the, my Wikipedia page and starts smearing me all over the place saying I'm a QAnon follower. <laughs> Oh, and, and we had no we had so much fun with that it was if the finally it got taken so many people tried to i just think people swarmed it and took it all down they couldn't you know they <laughs> they they couldn't accuse me of being a QAnon follower and i just done a big interview i think at the end of december with bernard grover from indonesia who said you know he's got a long career in media and he followed QAnon very seriously as a as a mind control phenomena and uh, so, so he he really studied it and so he got feral and me on and of course i i went through my hope porn thing and got you know a hundred emails well you know um hope is important natural organic hope yes. is very very yes. important for us as yes. a species as a race as a humanity and individual in our lives i i feel that's very important it can be very powerful um in in inspiring us to take oh, it's action. essential it's hope is essential beauty is essential mm. love is essential all these things are essential and that's why what is essential to me is that the hour you spend in nurturing your hope and your love mm. you know that's a great investment mm. but it needs to be something that doesn't steal your life mm. so i'll give you an example when when Jason, when I discovered that Jason was dying, mm. I was so slammed in terms of time. I didn't have, you know, 50 hours to stop and grieve and build a website and do a celebration yeah. or any of that stuff. And I said, you know something? I need this. Mm. I need this. Yeah. And the process of, of celebrating Jason's life with you and Nathan mm. and all of his allies, mm. oh my God, that filled up my hope. It's like my hope, uh, mm. my hope storage tanks are just brimming and overflowing. Mm. That's so lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It is. Yeah. I, and, and really I saw that our humanity just come out. I really did. It was, I'm going to say the same. I experienced the same just observing the people around me and yeah. and how we all just rallied so beautifully around that man. Yeah, it was. Well, one of the things I realized going through, you know, because I recorded my whole history of all my sort of trips with Jason, mm -hmm. and one of the things I realized is what a fantastic host mm. he was. Yeah. And how I I didn't appreciate those journeys with him as much as I could have if I wasn't fretting about my deadlines. Oh, and I said, you yeah, know something? Right. I have to be a better host. So I'm going to be mm. like Jason. And since Jason died, a whole series of people have come and visited Robert and me here in Stavoran. Mm. And I just, you know, I just like, I was like Jason. Mm. And I'm so proud of myself. It's a big improvement. Mm. Thanks to us doing that celebration and my realization of, uh, you know, it's what Curtis Mayfield says, you don't understand a good thing until a good thing is gone. Now, yeah. I always appreciated Jason, but going through all of our history together with all of you, yeah. I just thought, wow, do I'm so filled with gratitude. Mm -hmm. Just fantastic. The other thing that um, 
both of you uh, taught me, and I feel this is an important message for many people to listen to, is um, when it comes to us investing our finances, so not only our time um, and the time thievery that we're talking about, um, where we place our time, energy and resources, our financial resources. So um, the one thing I love about what you you present in your interviews, and, and I love listening to you with DJ and, and, and other platforms as mm -hmm. well, is, uh, you know, when you're investing your financial resources, to be careful not to invest in a place that's building the prison around you. Right. Why would you in want to words, invest into building the prison? Right. So I'm always shocked at how many people uh, are putting their money in things that literally are building the control grid. Yeah. I told you earlier, I think uh, a lot of the adult fairy tales are to keep people distracted why they, why they build the prison around them. Yes. And what's interesting is oftentimes when you look at their money, they may be deep in the, you know, the dinar scheme, but if you look at the rest of their money, mm. they're banking with the banks that stole 21 trillion and did Bernie Madoff there. They've got their money in the stocks that are basically poisoning people as we speak. They've got, do you know what I mean? Yep. So there's a form of deep disassociation from my complicity in building the prison. And, you know, this was the process of you. I mean, I think we could fairly call it deprogramming. I went through in the nineties. It started for me when I was fighting with the department of justice and I was writing a check on JP Morgan Chase personal banking and my hand froze. And I said, why am I banking at the bank that's doing all of this? Hmm. And then I said to myself, I need to come clean. Yeah. And it's interesting, as you know, we're doing something called Cash Friday. And I get these wonderful messages, George, so of people who are going through the financial coming clean process. Mm -hmm. You know, they're switching from one of the New York Fed member banks who's doing all of this stuff to a local bank or credit union. They're, you know, they're, they're trying to make their own household much more resilient, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of water or energy or food. Um, they're deleveraging, they're trying to pay off their, so they're just coming clean in a variety of different ways and they're going through the process and they're discovering how energizing it is, you know, how wonderful it is. We have, if you come to Solari and do a search for coming clean, we have an, uh, a long article with 24 steps of, okay, here's how you come clean. And, and the, the key to, to coming clean is to organize it, you know, sort of turtle through it in a way that gives you energy because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the parasite out of your life yeah. so that the parasite stops draining you. And adult fairy tales are a parasite and you got to get them out. I mean, it's like sugar. It tastes good while you're eating it, but you know, that's like a fantastic to, analogy. Absolutely. Sugar tastes great until the next day. <laughs> yeah. 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 All long-term effects down the track as well. Sometimes you don't yeah. see the adverse effects until further down the track. Oh, yeah. So one of the things that most concerns me about the adult fairy tales is how some people, you know, uh, you just said, I, you know, I fell in it and it took me a while to recover and I recovered. Hmm. Some people can't let go. Yeah. In other words, they'd rather stay in a fantasy than come out of it. The hardest thing I ever had to do in my life during, uh, you know, in the late nineties, so I had to look in the mirror and say, I'm the Patsy, yes. you know, all this mortgage fraud was going and I didn't understand how deep and bad it was. <laughs> and so I'm the Patsy and, and that's hard. Most, you know, there's a whole 
percentage of people who will do anything to avoid doing that. Yeah. And you can't, um, I used to have a pastor who would say, if we can face it, God can fix it. Yeah. You have to understand you don't have to fix it, but, but you have to face the fact that you've been had because we've all been had all yeah. of us. Yeah. We've got to have that, that strength to be honest with ourselves, haven't we? How, 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 right. how willing are you to be honest with yourself? That's, that's really the question deep down. Inside. Well, and you have to forgive yourself. Yeah. You have to forgive exactly. yourself. Yes. Right. And then the other thing you have to do is you have to embrace uncertainty. And I find for many people who get trapped in adult fairy tales, the thing that traps them is the need for certainty. Hmm. So I told, you, I told you about a wonderful ally who sent me a book by someone we know who's a, I think is a very good guy, but it's sort of the unified theory of everything. And it's based totally on BS. <laughs> and he sent it to me and he said, here it is. Finally, somebody's figured it out the explanation. And I read it and I said to him, you know, this is complete BS. And he got so mad at me because he's so wanted certainty, you know, so I'm always saying Mr. Global and 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 people want certainty and the adult fairy tales give them certainty. Mm. And the problem is we live on a planet where what is going on and the internal structure of the governance structure is a mystery. We can, you know, we can map it out conceptually, we can have opinions about it, but this whole planet operates with massive amounts of secrecy Duh. about how resources are managed and organized and allocated. Yeah. And you know, massive amounts of simulated realities that have nothing to do with reality. I mean, it's, as one of my old college roommates used to say, uh, in America, fact is fiction and fiction is fact. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we live in this very, from an information intelligence standpoint, a dystopian reality, and people hunger for certainty. And of course, that's how they get manipulated. Because if I can if I can make your world incoherent, but promise you coherence, mm -hmm. I can get you to do anything to get back. For some people it's coherent, some people it's certainty. Yep. For some people they're the same thing. Yep. And, and so if I can say, okay, here's certainty and you're going crazy in this incoherent situation, you know, it's funny when I was, uh, when I was litigating that they used to do everything they could to make me feel incoherent. And I discovered two things that could always return me to coherence without financial fraud. One was my neighbor's cows. I'd go talk to the cows. And the other was Bach. <laughs> so, there you go. Beautiful. Yeah, those are my weapons of war, my cows and, and Bach. And ah, of course, prayer. Yeah. Prayer can yeah. always bring you back to coherence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. And um, we're seeing that same procedure playing out now where, especially here in, in Australia, where... Um, oh, uh, what the, you the, guys are going through. It's oh, it's shocking that the way the, um, what we are calling a government system, but it's not, a, you know, a government in the traditional sense, not, you know, it, it's turned on the people. It's turned on us. The, the police force is no longer a natural police force. It is mercenaries representing a corporation uh the 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 original police officers they're the ones that are airing concerns they're real police representing the people right. protecting the people serving the people um there well, are some the law and the Many law believe in the law they don't want to they're being ordered to break the law yeah 
And so uh, did you and see? Did you see the video of the Qantas pilot? I haven't seen that one yet. No. <gasps> George, I'll send it to That's you. That's that elder okay. statesman. I saw it was sent to me, but I haven't had time to watch it. You yeah. you have to watch it. It's okay. magnificent. What a magnificent man. Yeah. What a magnificent man. So Australia has taken it very, very brutally. And I think the thing that most concerns me, George, is I've spent a lot of time trying to understand the ingredients in these injections. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot we don't know. So so there's a, a lot we know. Yeah. Um, and, and very traditional scientists have really broken it down and figured out a lot and doctors. And then there's a portion we don't know. If you look at what we know, it's very difficult to come up with a explanation of what's happening other than a, a, a serious poisoning. It is, but um, you may not be aware, in March 2020, I was in the US, I was going to speak at the Architects of the New Paradigm Conference. And mm -hmm. I was really excited about that. Richard Dolan was going to be a speaker there. I was going to cross paths with Richard and we we're going to be bumping elbows and all that it was going to be so good i was really looking forward to that and that's when it all went down while i was there and i was just south of seattle because it was going to be at bellevue you know just just east of seattle and i was uh -huh. um and i was south just south of tacoma staying with some friends and uh and it was really um a sad moment because the vibe like the 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 um people who organize that event are such beautiful people and they're really uh, good people really good people and and i was really bummed that it didn't um didn't go forward and so um we were going to hold an event at at my friend's home and then the governor said it you know from 50 people down to 10 people and like okay that's blown that out the water so what am i left with i held an online webinar and um it went for about eight hours online this webinar that i held this presentation and, and i just laid it all out and i called it out back then that there was going to be uh, injections that were going to be offered and inside these injections was going to be graphene based nanotechnology um, and uh, in april of 2020 i went a little bit deeper into it but it's pretty full-on for people that don't really understand the multi-dimensional nature of what's behind what's the push behind this it's pretty dark and um the 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 theoph physicists call it the Aramanic energy and I did right. use that title um, in my April presentation um, I also talked about um, and this is, might sound a bit weird for some people uh, but um, my my community is used to this um, and and quite a few other people used to it is more like of an insect sort of um, consciousness and expressions of, of life interdimensionally speaking um from the aramanics like a stepping stone and then into some gray races what traditionally some people call the grays and there's quite a few different variations of that there's actually a few thousand different species uh, to be honest with you and variations of them and mm -hmm. uh and and then it comes into the infiltration of our military industrial complex and the the scientific community and and this is one one arm there's there's other factions that are having an influence on this like a synthetic nordic group who originally dracos who um created a, a an ultimate avatar body and they come across as very angelic very you know um blonde-haired blue-eyed um, but they're not the natural Nordics. They're not the organic Nordics. They're a synthetic group mm -hmm. of Nordics. But what inhabits the bodies are drake, a draconian consciousness and draconian entities. Um, and they're the ones that plugged into the Nazis. So they're, that, they're what's behind the Nazi Hydra. And they're the ones that were behind the whole Aryan Supreme 
race because they see themselves as a supreme race. So this, this, these are the energies that are behind a lot of what's going on, influencing what's happening in our world at the moment. Now, I've called out the graphene, called out the nanotechnology, and, uh, and, and we're finally seeing now the scientific proof that there is graphene oxide in these injections. It so, is gathering. So most of the graphene uh, videos I've seen, I don't trust. Mm-hmm. But I did just watch a presentation by somebody, by a scientist who got a hold of vials mm. and was able to identify some of the sort of mystery ingredients and it included graphene. Mm. So they did confirm there was graphene. Yeah. Um, but, but I would love to see much more serious uh, sort of vials, you know, offered to laboratories with independent verification. And I think I'm hoping that. that lawsuits are going to come that will insist you can't have informed consent without independent verification of ingredients. So, and but I will tell you, George, I get such different reports of adverse events and death from wealthy neighborhoods than poor neighborhoods mm. worldwide. Yeah. That I, in a million years, I don't believe this is one set of ingredients everywhere. No, it's selective. It's impossible, right. Yeah, and look, on the way out of the United States, um, from from after doing that presentation, I was um, confronted by military personnel in, in the airport, and I sat down and had a meeting with them, and I shared with them um, exactly my views, and I, I said to them, look, the equipment you've got is not looking for nanotechnology, let alone Pico technology, right? And uh, I said, because the main ingredients are on a Pico level. Some of it, hopefully not yet. I said, in the early stages, you're looking at nano and Pico tech. We don't want it to be Femtech just yet. That's further down the track, you know, because uh, it's just the particles are so fine and so small. Um, right. I said, you're not going to see it. You don't understand. I said to them, what happened over in Wuhan was the creation of a bioweapon, but the real danger, and then like again, this was back in March 2020 when I shared this with the US military gentleman that was with me, because uh, he sought me out. I could see he was staring at me nonstop at the airport, and energetically I can feel when someone's spying on me or observing me or is right. sent to try and engage with me in some way. And I go, I'm like, okay, this guy wants to talk to me. I just walked over to him and I said, you know, g'day mate, how you going? You know, did my Aussie thing. And we sat down and, and, and he said it was US military. I said, you've been looking at me for quite a while. So obviously you want to talk to me. He said, yeah, <laughs> you know, well, let's talk. I, I want to share with you what I've got to share with you. So we had a really good chat because I had to wait several hours for my other connecting flight to LA. And, um, and I shared all this information with him and he was absolutely stunned. I said, they created something in the Wuhan lab, but what you don't realize is with Charles Lieber there, they created two things. I said they, they wanted to understand how to interface this nano and pico technology with human biology. For one reason is, yes, the injections, which are going to be, you know, they're coming and they're going to want everyone injected with this technology to assimilate them into the technological singularity. So that's coming, the transhumanistic agenda. I said, but they've created a, a nanotech weapon, right? So they can target certain individuals and, and it's all based on frequency. 
right. what 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 EMRs are, are broadcast and what frequent particular frequencies are hitting particular areas or particular people. I said this is the main concern: is the weaponization on a nano level, which is mimicking the 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 way the uh, what people traditionally that's, call a that's virus. Why, right. That's why I kept jumping up and down about yeah. Lieber and what Lieber was up to, and oh. in fact, one yeah, no Lieber Lieber. <laughs> Anyway, but um, what I've tried to do for the last year, George, is stay away from, you know, I've tried to stay on the very narrow field of what we're sure is in it and we can prove is in it mm -hmm. versus what we don't know. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to talk about what I think, you know, is it, you know, like the brain machine interface. But if you just look at what we know and what we can absolutely document and prove, yeah, that's you know, that's like 50 times worse than anything you need to know that this is, exactly. you, you know, this is a coup. This is a coup. This, this so, and really a lot is. of people are going to, a lot of people are going to die. Yeah. So um, let me also say one of the, one of the challenges I've also, you know, the story I think of the U.S. Navy trying to persuade me that aliens exist and live among us. And um, I told that story, I think, on the, it's, it's on the internet in the 2015 Secret Space Program panel at the end. Uh, Daniel List got me to tell the long version of that story. Anyway, but, uh, and, and at the time, uh, one of the fellows said to me, would you like to meet aliens? And I said, I really thought it was a setup because right. I was being, I, there was a huge smear campaign. I've told you the story. Anyway, so I tried reading about 25 books to make sense of it. And of course, my tool to understand reality is money. And that is a phenomenon that doesn't lend it, you know, money doesn't help you there. I mean, economics can help, but very little. So, you know, since then, I've never met, with one possible exception, in a story about ETs that I couldn't explain by mind control. Mm -hmm. And that's my challenge of dealing with that whole area. Mm -hmm. Because I can't, on, on all this phenomena, you know, it could be ETs or it could be mind control. Because we at this point have a major, one or more major human breakaway civilizations that are so advanced in their technology yeah. that the general population can't fathom they exist. And they're totally human. I mean, they're totally human. If you look at how much money they've stolen, oh, you know, yeah. they've stolen more than enough to build several separate civilizations. Yeah. So, so, you know, the, I, I've never known how to help my subscribers grapple with that because mm. what can I, what can I give them to read? What can I give them to study that will help them understand that whole area? Yeah. Well, the, that's been the issue with my life path. I've, my experiences are so vast and, and extensive that um, I can't sit there and go, I have definitive proof. I did have an implant pulled out of me, by the way, and, uh, and, and it was sent off to labs and it came back substance unrecognizable and unknown and I wasn't allowed right. to have any of it And back. that happens and to a lot of people. If you study implants, it happens to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I've still got the stickers yeah, yeah. inside there for where they pulled it out. Right. And, and look, you know, um, the amount of experiences that I had is countless. I couldn't count how many I've had, and I've had it throughout my life. I was growing up in craft when I was a little child. And, uh, and I was an operative in the secret space program too. And I've got a group of friends around me that, um, you know, we started, um, you know, breaking free from that control system. Um, and in, in March, um, uh, when was it, March? In February, 
February 2020, I had a very big experience when um, I ended my stint with the Secret Space Program. I ended my my contract with them and I didn't sign a, a contract through the military in this life. My agreement with them was prior to incarnating and uh, and that's how I had, had my experience with them. And uh, so there's... Uh, I, I don't know how far we can go into super woo here with you know my my listeners are fine with it I, I just don't know how far we can go into it but what I do want to say Catherine is um, I cannot and I'm happy to admit that I cannot prove to anybody what right. I've, the path that I've walked I can only share what I've learned from it and what I've seen and uh, there have been times when um, stories have been attempted to be implanted into my mind. Um, my experiences are that vast that I can tell the difference. In my early years, I struggled to tell the difference. Um, but through the years now, just like you, you can sniff things out in the financial world pretty quickly. I can sniff things out in this area pretty quickly because of right. the path that I've walked and the ex direct experiences that I've had. And the truth of the matter is this planet has never not been in contact with extraterrestrial races it has always been and uh and and the thought well, you know if you if you read the bible or you read history it's hard to come up with an explanation other than that the one thing i did want to mention because you know jason really made a huge effort to go through your everything you had learned within the context of super woo yeah and he and you came back and i think the most valuable thing that I know of that you have done, and you did it with Jason, is you have done a fantastic job of warning people mm. of the existing and future role of AI. Yes. And I, I don't know anybody who has done a better job of helping me understand or explain the risks of AI than, than you and Jason together. Yeah, yeah it's been amazing. It's a technology that's been around for a long time. And, you know, some of the civilizations I've interacted with just in this lifetime, uh, let alone others. And and um, you go, let's say I'll go on board a particular craft. And in the background, that craft itself has an intelligence that runs it. I'm talking about, let's say, more of a technological-based society or, or space uh, race or species, mm -hmm. right? So there's obviously an intelligence that, that is running that whole craft. When you go on board, your consciousness directly links in um, with no hardware. It's just consciousness to consciousness. And you're immediately linked into the craft and you're immediately linked to the collective hive mind of that reality that is that reality. And, and what, you know, that reality has a vibrational field to it. If the, the beings you're with don't actually put a field around you, which is earth vibrational field, then you're in their vibration. And many times right, I'd come... You're in their field. Correct. And many times I'd right. come back, it would take me a week to recover because your atoms spin differently, your molecules vibrate differently, and, and, right. and everything hurts after a while. It's like, you know, when someone goes to um, goes over to Mars, for example, you know, it takes them a long time to be calibrated well, to Mars. Know, I hate to say this, George, it happens to Americans who go to Paris. <laughs> so yeah. I once had a dear friend who lived in Paris for two years. Yeah. And I was having coffee with her one day and she said, you know, that my first year in Paris was the most was the happiest year of my life. Mm. I said, what happened in the second year? She said, I learned French. <laughs> <laughs> she, That's you funny. know, the first year she couldn't hear the psychic storm. 
But I'll tell you, I was sitting in a presentation in, uh, in British Columbia and um, I was the first half of the sort of the talk show. And then Whitney Strieber and his wife, Annie, were the second half. And I had never met them before this. And you had an audience of about 500 people who were so smart and asked such great questions. It was a you know, really intelligent audience can lift the conversation and make it so much more intelligent. Anyway, so Whit Whitley is a very thoughtful person. You know, he thinks before he answers, he's very studious. And his wife, Annie, was wonderful, wonderful also and very supportive of him. Anyway, so somebody stands up after his presentation and says, do any of the movies explain, really help you understand what it's like to be with an ET? Mm. And Whitley, I thought, what a great question. Mm. You know, what a great question, because, you know, the movie... So Whitley thought and he thought, and in an audience that large, it's, it feels like forever. He thought and he thought, and finally he says, no. And nothing else. So she says, why not? And he thinks and thinks and thinks, and he says, I do not have words in the English language to explain to you how weird it feels. Mm -hmm. And I realized two things. The first thing I said is, oh, he's talking about an electromagnetic field and intelligence, which is so different from ours yeah. that it makes us incoherent. That was number one. But then the second thing I thought was, oh, shit, it might be real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you seen Prometheus by, um, was it Ridley or Tony? I think it was Ridley Scott who did Prometheus. Prometheus. Oh, that There's was the one with the giants? The, the the larger beings is that the one that was the one with the with the guy waking up the the alien who's waking up who's going to come and genocide us all yeah and there's a moment where it communicates that danger of another species who wants to kill you mm. and and i you know i always wanted to call whitley and say what about that what about that scene mm. was that any good yeah, and, and look, there are factions out there that want to do that. Um, there are factions on Earth now that want to do that. Uh, there are other factions that don't want that to happen, who are protecting us, who see us as more of their, you know, some farmers are really protective of their herd because they're such mm -hmm. a valuable resource. So we've got that equation playing out at the, at the same time. But then there's other layers, other frequencies, other dimensions that are at play here. And, and really understanding the true nature of what it means to be human. What was the original intention for the creation of this human race and this realm, this reality to begin with? You know, so Jason purpose? really believed that after working with you that we might be now under a government structure that's run day to day by AI. It is. I mean, the, if so you look at the you algorithms on the stock markets, you know, run the markets now, humans can't think and calculate and push keys fast enough. It's all run by algorithms. Um, uh, the, the infrastructure that is being built around us, okay, you're, you're hearing the 5G stories and that level of technology, but that's not the real high tech that's been created right. around us. They're, what they're building is they're going from, we're seeing the dystopian you know, story playing out at the moment. That's that's the right. plan that's unfolding. Um, because what's coming in behind this is the utopian new world order. And that's the one that's going to be the cosmic candy. It's going to be new toys because they're going from a centralized system with the tentacles stretching out, 
you know, all everything centralized. And what they want to do in the utopian New World Order is create an outer rim control system with free radical movement inside that space and fantastic new toys, incredible technologies. And it's going to be very, very utopian. That's the one to look out for. This one, right? That's, that's the one where together. you have you right. You have no assets, but you'll be happy. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 It, it, and it is the Star Trek style future. So it's a semi. There's going to be that kind of flavor of semi-militarized. Um, you know, utopian sort of new world order. That's that's the one they're going for. Well, while they have everybody entertained over here in Utopia, they're getting a lockdown and basically poisoning people. Mm. And yeah. and I don't mean just injections. There are so many different ways that people are being poisoned. It's kind of frightening. So, mm. you know, this is a very it's a it's a very ugly, brutal reality mm. with a uh, an entertainment overlay of Utopia is what it looks like to me it's gonna make the next one look so good (laughs) so my my big concern of course is that ai and all this dependency on digital technology just makes it very feasible for interdimensional intelligence to wreak havoc with our world it really does i mean they've been spraying so much of that um fine it you know smart dust too in the atmosphere because mm-hmm. our reality is being data mined and the way it's being data mined to the degree of nature's being data mined let alone right. us every keystroke right. every well, thought nature's being every digitized. feeling right it is nature's being digitized so it can be data mined That's... yeah because what they want to do is they want to replicate this world mm-hmm. so imagine replicating it to a point where you are now with your consciousness field it's like how much time is somebody spending on the internet working in front of a computer, working with sort of technology, or even if they're doing physical labor, a lot of their awareness, because the mechanical thing you can just let go in the background because it's repetitive, but they're listening to a podcast, they're listening to the radio station, they're hearing, you know, news broadcasts all the time, the radio's playing in the background. So everybody's aware. It's about the awareness. I say to people, I have these questions that I ask, where does your awareness live? Where does your awareness reside? Right. Right. That's the question to ask because that's where your focus goes. That's where your consciousness is actually hanging out. What's the hood? What's the neighborhood you're hanging out so- in? One of the exercises that most helped me the most when I started to understand what was in the spring was um, I have this wonderful ally who does a baptism Mm -hmm. for all the nanoparticles in your body where she says, um, you know, she claps and she says, nanoparticles, pay attention. She said, if you're going to stay in my body, you have to serve the Christ. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to serve the Christ, you leave right now. Okay, and then she has a baptism for the ones that stay who've agreed to serve the Christ. <laughs> yeah, you see, there is a benevolent technological intelligence. Well, if, if all of these things can be manipulated by interdimensional intelligence, we can do it too. So I had another mm-hmm. uh, associate who, who had an, an implant problem, and I asked her how she dealt with it, and she said, you know something, I just meditate, and I send the energy back to blow up all the satellites. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I had one, one, one wonderful ally who used to work for the first private rocket company, and she asked the owner what his dream was, and he said his dream was 
to send a payload of sand into the suborbital platform. Oh, <laughs> that Isn't is that a beautiful dumb. dream? Yeah, yeah. That is, that that is, is a beautiful That's dream. so clever. Yeah. Wow. People are clever. That's why, you know, that's why uh, an out-of-control market mm. works. And, and it's very important if uh, if you get sold on a utopian vision that you not get tricked into something where because they have the AI and they've got everything digitized, you know, it's just another bigger game of playing you. What what do you recommend we do? Like, um, you know, the opportunity to just share some of your wisdom as to how do we actually navigate financially, uh, set ourselves up, things to look out for, just, um, you know, just general advice. I'm, I'm relocating to a smaller community now. I'm really big on small community. For me, my heart is calling me to smaller community, right. grassroots stuff. So here, you know, the magic word is integrity. Mm. What can you do, you know, so, so whether it's people or institutions, what can you do to limit your life, your personal and your professional life, to people who have integrity. And it's a journey, it's never over. And under no circumstances am I asking, you know, I would love to be perfect, but I'm not, I'm not asking anybody to be perfect. I'm talking about doing your best. Mm. But live in integrity with people who have integrity or companies or businesses or institutions that have integrity. And then look around you at what has integrity and think, well, what can I get done with that? Of course, the more you can do to build resiliency in your finances. So I'm always telling the story of the client I had who was complaining that the yield on her stocks was going down and her water bill was going up. I said, this is really simple. Sell your stocks and build a well. She lived in a rural area. She could do that. So anything we can do, food, shelter, energy, to shrink, first of all, disintermediate anybody out of our balance sheet or expenses that doesn't have integrity, and build resiliency either of our own or with other people who we can trust. So yeah. you make it you make it a more intimate circle. And and so anything we can do to get get the parasites out of your financial statements, out of your life, out of your head, you know, for God's sakes, turn it off. Um, it's always astonishing. I, I think somebody asked me, what do you think the most dangerous thing? you know, that people face right now. I said, the number one danger is fear. But the number two danger is mind control. Because I constantly see people make poor health decisions, poor financial decisions, poor time investment decisions, because they are just, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so anything you can do to protect and clear your mind and keep it grounded. Mm -hmm. um, You know, it's funny. This is going to sound a little bit simplistic, but it works for me. Um, I'll never forget moving to Hickory Valley, Tennessee, and going. I was visiting the pastor at the local church, and I went to use the bathroom. And I sit down on the toilet, and right in front of it is a comic strip of the Ten Commandments, you know, because they want to make sure you learn them, you know, so you have to read that on the toilet. And I thought, that's cute. Anyway, but, but I, I, I walked out and I thought, well, you know, um, what I ought to do is if my mind ever leads me to do something that's a violation of any of these commandments, mm-hmm. that's what I need to have. It's like, a, you know, how kids, uh, wh- what do they call it? Um, it's like a time out. 
you know. Time oh, out, yeah. You go time down. out in the corner or something. <laughs> if I want to break one of those commandments, time out, I got to really think about it. And what I discovered is mm. as simplistic as that sounds, it works. So you just I'm, took yourself, you sat still, and you contemplated what you just did, like reevaluated yourself. No, what, no, what I want to do. It's just like I have a rule, which is if anything I'm going to do is going to yeah. break the Ten Commandments, one yeah. of the Ten Commandments, I'm going to stop and have a timeout because yeah. something's wrong. I'm yeah. getting tricked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not thinking clearly. I'm getting tricked. And yeah. and uh, I see that little cartoony list in the bathroom at the Hickory Valley Baptist Church. <laughs> and I go, ah. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a really, really beautiful thing to do. It's it really keep it simple is the key. And we know that nature is the remedy too. There's, um, yeah. Oh, nature is, uh, nature is where if you, if you want to understand the wisdom that's woven into the universe, you yeah. go, go, go hug a tree. If you're going to break one of the 10 commandments, just go hug a tree, you know, <laughs> talk to a bird. <laughs> yeah. Well, the essence of life, you know, the, the, the creative force of life runs through everything that's um, you know, may the force be with you. you know? Yeah. 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 Well, allies are available everywhere. So one of my favorite essay writers is a guy named Michael Ventura who says, uh, he's describing something going on in LA in the 80s and he says, we're standing in the psychic storm of our own being. Mm. And what you can do, what every one of us can do is we can contribute intelligence and coherence to the psychic storm. Yeah. yeah. So whatever we draw from it, we can, we can compost it and return coherence and intelligence and wisdom and love because love is the answer. Yes. So we have so much more power than we know. And that's one of the things I love about your work is you're constantly trying to teach people about, you know, their power. And the frustrating thing about planet earth is most people so underestimate their own power. I mean, that's why people fall into adult fairy tales because they underestimate their own power. Yeah. And that's, I think, um, we have to think a lot more about how we energize, cleanse, nurture the field that, that feeds us all. So it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of telling you a lot of stories, but one, one wonderful subscriber wrote me about a year ago. And she said, you know, I've been fighting 5G in my state. She was in the United States. And fighting, fighting, and I'm a very private person, and I've reached the point where I have to get very public, and I'm uncomfortable okay. about doing that. It's not me. What should I do? And I think she expected me to say, well, you just got to get over and pull on your big pants and just go forward. And I said, look, there are many ways to fight something. I said, so watch the movie War Room, create a war room closet, mm -hmm. and fight spiritually. Mm -hmm. Just fight energetically and spiritually and go into you know do serious time in the you know it's you create a room that's and 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 just be a spiritual warrior mm -hmm. and just work on it energetically and spiritually and about a year later i just got this about a month ago she wrote back and she said wow this works <laughs> it does doesn't it she, it said, really she does. said i'm so much more effective mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I'm so much more effective than if I'd gone public. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you brought that up because I know you don't yeah. know about my webinar on Sunday and, you know, I was, I was, I was doing the yeah. editing process today. I just held a webinar, uh, a four and a half, nearly five hour webinar on exactly wow. that subject last uh -huh. Sunday for my community. Exactly that subject. And I keep telling people, you don't realize how powerful you are. We don't have to go fight in the streets. There's another way. There are people who are called to do that. That is their role. And that's but, great. That's great. And it's great. Yeah. That's needed. Okay. And that is their calling. But but you don't have to feel guilty and be stricken with guilt and feel helpless right. and powerless and, and be suspended in a state of despair because you're not doing that. Right. But so here's what I... you can do. Yeah. <laughs> I used to drive to Washington from Tennessee on the litigation 14 hours straight. Yeah. I would pray the whole way. Mm. And by the time I got there, mm. I had so much power. I had a strategy. I knew what to do. I knew what was going on. I mean, mm. all the intelligence I needed had come to me. It was amazing. Mm. And um, one of my favorite sermons was a preacher who who basically talked for an hour about how you can you can pray while you're doing your housework and and vacuuming your house and you can mm. you know so every and everybody can do it everybody um uh there was a wonderful group of buddhists who after many years of um trying to influence government to adopt policies of peace gave up and they did a study of what they could do to really bring peace and they decided that they would raise enough money to pay 40,000 pe people to meditate full time for world peace mm -hmm. and that that would be much more effective. Mm -hmm. And when I met them, they had raised enough and 10,000 people were moving to a town in India to, to basically meditate full time for peace. And I said, what a great idea. Yeah, how <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I ran a meditative process where guided people and, you know, the, the, the whole point of turning inside out, that's why I have that there because that is our supernova of our soul expression coming right. into the world, you know. And, as, right. and it's like a fountain. We're turning inside out constantly, you know, as, right. as our spirit and our soul expresses itself through our wonderful incarnational vessel. And I say to people, well, where do you want to place your light? With what intention? And and I guided people through this beautiful, it was large, you know, large field of people, about 150 or so. In, in in this webinar and we, we were putting it into the institutions and organizations everybody got to choose which one they wanted to do wherever <laughs> the calling was i didn't tell them where to put it that was their choice but i showed them how to go about it and it was really mm -hmm. wonderful it was such a powerful field and we just let off this big light bomb and the people just felt jubilant they felt uplifted they felt nourished because they're making a, a positive contribution and a co-creation to our world so there's right. so many ways we can go about this Catherine. i'm so glad that you brought that up right right really really beautiful and you're right you know what people call meditation what people call prayer is just just a lovely thing and and the community that you're talking about grassroots community based coming back to cash as much as we can is there anything else oh. you add to that because i know okay, so time we're, is a bit doing, limited tonight so yeah, and we've got to wind cash, up soon just be we're respectful doing cash friday we're yeah. doing cash friday yeah. and encouraging everybody to use cash but you know feel free to use cash all the time mm. because the more we can you know to me the ideal currency and money system is part digital and part and part physical mm -hmm. you know you just don't want it to be 100 percent digital because then it can be captured and controlled 
So, so we like digital because it goes fast, but let's balance it and keep it real. So mm. cash coin, if you come to Solari, we're doing something, a new program called cash and coin while we're encouraging people to literally pay with cash coin or different ways of paying that can go through your local credit union or bank and keep it, you know, keep it out of the digital payment system controls. Yeah. And um, and so we're we've got a sort of long-term plan over the next year to build much more resiliency that way as a company, mm-hmm. um, but we can all do it. So use cash on Friday, and if you can use cash all the time, you know, cash cannot be turned over. You know, it, it cannot be tracked and turned off in the same way that the the digital payment systems yeah, are. So I totally agree with that. Yeah, right. fantastic. It's something you can do. It is, and these are practical solutions. That's what I love about you and your work very practical very earth i'm out there with the spaceships and the fairies sometimes but it's just good to talk to you and just get earth and grounded back into this so you're moving you're going to go you're going to be in a small community check out on the website our silver and gold calculator because another way to do this is you count up all your silver and gold and then just start Mm. you know there are different ways of doing it but start trading locally using your silver and gold you know you don't have to trade it physically you can put it in a local custodian and then just move it around with mm. with chits of various kinds yeah. and um but but check out the silver and gold calculator there are many ways to start a community currency that are simple mm. and one is just to use cash and coin and another is to use your gold and silver mm. or a combination and add barter and time chits there are millions of ways to do this but we're going to have to decentralize our money creation and and our liquidity and we're going to have to be able to have liquidity that a centralized power can't control oh we didn't get into wealth creation but maybe we'll talk about that next time because i know your okay. time is quite limited oh my favorite topic i know <laughs> do you have time or you you, you well I, w- I would say no i don't have time but i would say it's i, I shouldn't say it's my favorite topic it's my favorite action yeah that's a really good yeah. way of putting it really yeah. good way of putting it and we'll we'll get into that another time if if it if you're able to come back on at some stage absolutely i'd be greatly greatly honored um catherine i just want to thank you from my heart to yours thank you so much for giving of your time and your wisdom to come on to super radio I'm, i feel greatly honored that you you got the chance to come on well i i wouldn't miss it for the world george and i just want to thank you for everything you did for jason and everything you did to make is passing from this life a comfortable and a amazing one for him and a celebration for all of us so that we could share in that passing in that process and and uh, as you know we are all expecting him to come back in and be in cahoots for <laughs> yeah 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 well thank so you a, and there was other people that played really significant roles too and oh yeah a great thank you to everyone who was there um, yeah. during those days and okay, Catherine, thanks again. Um, so much love and appreciation to you. And the Solari.com, please, folks, if you really want to understand the true nature of our financial world and what's going on, Solari.com, I feel personally, is where it's at. I really do. I don't know anyone else who can actually explain what's going on in our financial world as clearly, as simply and uh, as accurately as Catherine does. So um, I... actually, my uncle did it in one word. He said, stupefying. Stupefying. <laughs> there you go. That's fantastic. Stupefying. George, have a great day. Thank you so much, Catherine.